The following podcast contains strong language and adult themes. Listener discretion is advised. Carterizing the gaping wound in my arm stopped the bleeding, but left a big old burn mark where my tracking chip used to be. People would notice. They'd call Walls On. I bet you're wondering how we got here. <laughs> I bet you're wondering a lot of things. I know I am. <clears throat> in the future, and by that I mean nowadays, everything is purchased on WallsOn.com. Toilet paper, soap, Babies. <laughs> Organic birth is out. Designer babies are in. Walzon. The singularity is now. <laughs> That's not their slogan, it's just the truth. When I say singularity, I mean one corporation, conglomerate, company, call it whatever, is now the single source of everything. Food, goods, utilities all come from Walzon. Walzon is life. Literally. Most people are fine with it. They grew up in a Walzon world. Anyway, around the year 2000 and something, Walzon invented Whisper, gene editing tech, and the government freaked out. But families got tired of risking complications in childbirth. Badass female CEOs didn't want pregnancy slowing them down. So the government caved. Prime members received their newborns in two business days. I'm not saying Walzon's money controls the government. But I'm not not saying that. Limits were set. No super soldiers, no clones, no geniuses, no giants. <laughs> I'm not a giant. I'm barcode 1173, your friendly neighborhood designer baby. Don't be misled by the number of numbers in my number. There's far more than a thousand of us. 1173 are the last four digits of a very, very long barcode. Names are given to children when they meet their families, and I didn't get that far. What shall we name us, friend? When I shuffle all ragged and smelly through the streets, passersby cover their noses and say, Jesus. Jesus. That's a lot to live up to. I like Jay, though. Hi, I'm Jay. Do you know the jerk who built me and then abandoned their walls on cart? I'm an anomaly. No one has ever ordered an 18-year-old before. The technician told me so when they took me out of the oven. The oven. Right, you... You have no idea what that means. The oven isn't an oven... You wouldn't find it in a kitchen. It's, um, it's not a NICU thing, either. Okay, you remember Dragon Ball Z, right? The healing chamber they kept Vegeta in after he got his ass kicked? Big cylindrical tank filled with fluid and a person floating inside hooked up to a breathing mask. <laughs> That's the oven, more or less. When a customer purchases a newborn from Walzon, sometimes they don't want an infant. 
Some people want a kid who can walk and use the toilet. The oven makes it possible to grow toddlers. Yours truly, the first 18-year-old, was in the oven for an hour, which is like forever. I may be 18, but I've only been on the planet for like a day. My memories, knowledge of the world, hand-eye coordination, all of it was bulk uploaded to my skull's organic hard drive. My height, weight, hair color, eye color, all that was predetermined. What a birthday. <gasps> sitting in a Walzon van with this huge smile on my face. The sun is out. I hear birds for the first time. I'm so happy to be alive that my eyes start leaking. The van pulls into a highway shoulder and stops. Do we have a flat tire? Is there an accident up ahead? Did something bad happen to mom? For the first time, I know what it is to be afraid. The edge of my vision blurs, my throat aches. It's like I'm going to pop. The driver talks to a dispatcher from Walzon. They've only transported infants. They don't know I can hear them, that I understand. The order has been... I've been... Cancelled? For the first time, I know what it is to be angry. Angry and sad. I discover that if I get angry enough, I can ignore the sad. The wheels turn in my head. I've been canceled and I'm in a van owned by the world's most powerful authority. The driver's phone call winds down. I ask myself what Jack Bauer would do. Aside from employing lame swear words in moments of high tension, Jack Bauer would... Well, me would steal the damn van. New York, New York, a hell of a town. The Bronx is up, but the battery's down. The people riding. Shit! PD doesn't know what I look like. They don't know me. Can I just... Hello, crowd. Hey, you just hit my car. Get back here. Don't walk away from me. There you have it, friend. You're all caught up. I've been bumming around the city for a few hours trying to find a bathroom. A free bathroom. Feeling kind of woozy after... <sighs> Pro tip. If you dig a tracking chip out of your arm with a shard of glass, you should... <laughs> maybe... Clean the glass off. Otherwise, your arm could get... <laughs> Could get.
Drugs are amazing. Wow. Two pills in the infection in my arms like, poof. Bye. People used to die from diarrhea. Now it's just annoying. The pioneers died from the common cold. Do you think about these things when you're sick, friend? How, if you contracted the same sickness in the past, you'd probably die? Maybe that's where humanity went wrong. The desire to live past age 30. I'm at a no questions clinic. Even so, I say as little as possible. The doctor scribbles on his notepad. What happened? He says. I fell. Do your parents know you're here, son? They pushed me, I say. I thought this was a no questions clinic. He leaves the room, hands my chart to a nurse. From the other side of the door, I hear. We're looking for a boy, about yay tall, lacerated forearm. Sorry, you are. Is he here? We, we have an assortment of patients with... Find him. I slip out the window. In seconds, I'm one of a thousand people walking the street. Invisible. I love New York. For the first time, I know what it is to feel hungry. Luckily, hunger is an easy fix nowadays. There's these special vending machines all over the city, bland industrial looking things with one button. Press the button, out comes a flavorless nourishment bar that satiates hunger and provides a day's worth of everything the body needs. And it's free. Again, it's flavorless. It's not food per se, it's fuel, but it's free. Did I mention it's free? I figure if this is all I ever eat, I won't know what I'm missing. I notice a small dot on the top left corner of the vending machine. Camera. Fuck a duck. Don't act like you're screwed. You may not be screwed. Two ducks, fuck all the ducks. This works in movies, right? I smelled bad before, but now I smell. <laughs> I can't blend in reeking like this. It's nighttime. I find an empty alley. I sit against a building and let the condensation from window unit air conditioners wash my face. In the space between the droplets, I push away my loneliness. I start to think of whoever ordered me and 
I wonder if talking to you means I'm crazy. I need somewhere to sleep. I haven't done that yet. Sleep. I could lay outdoors with the summer air as my blanket, but Malzahn would find me. Bummer. The air pollution is beautiful at night. The litter-lined lawn of Highbridge Park is empty. Empty of people, that is. There's still, as I said, litter. A tower looms behind the rec center. You heard me, a tower. Leafless trees, a cobbled courtyard. This place is something from Lord of the Rings. A plaque tells me the structure was built in 1860-something as a water tower. They built things this beautiful to store water? I use my master key to get inside. A spiral staircase surrounds twin beams that extend to the ceiling, 61 meters away. I find some tarp and lay on my side back against the beams. I fall asleep in the womb of the tower. Hush, little baby, don't you cry. pre-sunrise dip in the rec center pool washes off the smell of yesterday. I fumble out of my wet gray walls on scrubs and hang them on the tower stairs. I need new clothes. Get new clothes and refuel. Day three of existence. Errands. Food comes easier than expected. I ask an old lady to grab me a nourishment bar from the vending machine, and she does. People love helping when it's easy. The new wardrobe bit is tougher. No machines for that. There are, however, donation bins. I post up near a yellow metal bin labeled Planet Aid. Clothing. Shoes. I need clothing. I need shoes. Around 5 p.m., a blonde man opens the bin's back panel. I ask him for some clothes. He smiles at me, and for the first time, I know what it is to feel nervous. The man's eyes are too blue, his skin too pale, his eyebrows too light. The man asks me if I know someone named Mogens. I don't. Would you like to know Mogens? He asks. Uh... I would like a pair of jeans, please. The man tells me he's part of a community, a group of teachers, and once they sell enough clothes, they will unite the world under Mogan's flag. Hear that, friend? That's the cult alarm. It goes off in my head when I'm near a cult. Community, friends, 
purpose? I have none of these things at present. Hmm. I know, Cult Alarm, I know, but hear me out. The world's a crazy place filled with crazy people. Why is it a problem then when a group of like-minded crazy people unite in their crazy? Taxes. Probably something to do with... It was a rhetorical question, Cult Alarm. Fuck you. Who am I to judge? This dude's in a cult, but he's wearing a decent pair of pants. He owns 100% more pants than I do. The man steps toward me and offers his hand. He says there's nothing to be afraid of. It's just him and I. I look around the block and see he's right. Just us two. Fine, fine, okay, cult alarm, fine. <sighs> no thanks, I say to the man, and his eyes change. He shifts about. I notice his noticeable erection. He smiles. It's just you and I, he reminds me. Nope, really, <laughs> I'm good, I say. Thanks anyway. I turn, take a step, and a hand clamps down on my shoulder. Hard. The man spins me around, eyes wild, manic smile. Is he drooling? Just you and I. He tries grabbing my crotch. Without thinking, I... How did my arms do that? I didn't know they could do that. I guess whoever ordered me from Walzon checked the nose karate box. I stuffed the corpse in the donation bin. These jeans fit great. I feel like a fraud friend. My thoughts, my feelings, my opinions. None of it's mine, not really, since all that makes me me was predetermined, chosen by that jerk who ordered me from Walzon and then said, Nah, bruh, never mind. So, like, are anyone's thoughts their own? Seems to me that people are products of their influences, friends, movies, teachers, parents. They're programming. And, and then there's free will. <laughs> like, does that exist? Can we do whatever we want or does our best interest drive us? Survival. Our programming. If you figure it out, friend, please let me know. It's been a week since I, um, placed that creep in the donation bin. Cops found his body and the cult thing made the evening news. Stories about the yellow scam bins went viral and the good citizens took to the streets, ripping anything labeled Planet Aid out of the ground. I overturned a few myself and snagged more clothes. No word on the cult's leader, Mogens Penderson, but he can suck a bland, tasteless nourishment bar. <laughs>
there's a steep wooden staircase behind the Highbridge Park Tower. It's like a hidden path to Mordor. <laughs> I do my golem voice every time. The stairs. <sighs> they lead down to a tree-lined trail. As you run, the leaves' sweet whispers drown out the city. A place this isolated and green is too good to be true. Maybe it is. I could be dreaming. Maybe I'm back at Walzon headquarters, suspended in sleep, hooked up to a machine that harvests my body's heat to power a factory. Just like in The Matrix. Exactly like The Matrix. <laughs> <sighs> Nope, cannot fly. I am not in the Matrix. Bummer. I need a job. Well, what I really need is money. Well, what I really, really need is soap. Remember that old lady who got me a nourishment bar? The neighborhood calls her Nona, which means grandma in Italian. I know this because she said, Everyone calls me Nona. It means grandma in Italian. Nona's quick to nod her head when I offer to clean her house for cash. She nods a little too quick. I bet she's a pack rat. Welcome. I've been wrong before. Nona's apartment is immaculate. She fusses until I sit on the couch. I have never felt more comfy. Nona turns on an old, old school movie, black and white. For the first time, I know what it is to smell a home-cooked meal. Nona sees my face and thinks I'm worried. Don't worry, everything I cook's good for ya. Before me is a heaping medley of pasta and peas. I ask Nona what she calls it. She blinks at me. It's called pasta and peas. Nona watches me take my first bite. I... God, it's... Nona is all smiles from across the table. The word you're looking for is morale. Marone. I inhale the pasta and peas. Nona lets out a full belly laugh and claps her hands. It's the most beautiful sound I've ever heard. Nona tells me the recipe dates back to her Nona's, 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 Nona. Back to the first Great Depression. Nona's, 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 Nona. Let's call her OG Nona. Grew up poor. Her mother was an invalid. OG Nona and her sisters entered the workforce when they were like 10 years old. For the first time, I know what it is to admire someone. Get this, she left school after eighth grade to support her family. The school principal personally visited her house. He pleaded that OGN's father allow her to attend high school and college. That's how bright she was. I'm sorry, her father said. She has to work. So OGN worked. 
Fast forward, the woman who taught herself English left school after eighth grade and never made more than 40 grand a year saved enough money to retire without help from the government. Oh, and her husband died of cancer, so OGN single mom did for a minute and never remarried. What a badass. I ask present-day Nona what ingredients other than pasta and peas go into pasta and peas. Salt, she says, <laughs> and we laugh some more. How am I supposed to eat flavorless nourishment bars after this? One plate, two plates, three. I feast on poor man's cuisine like a king. I eat dinner at Nona's every night now. The old broad lied to my face about housework. There's nothing she needs me to do. I can't believe my luck. This saint, this genuine angel feeds me, lets me watch TV, and slips me 20 bucks here and there. The only condition is I swear not to spend it all. It's very important to Nona that I save my money. I take great care when going to Nona's for fear that Walzon might find her. I never use the front door twice. Most nights I enter through the fire escape like Batman. Nona thinks it's hilarious. I'm doing good with saving money. Sometimes I buy a bacon, egg, and cheese on a roll with salt, pepper, and ketchup for $3 from the bodega. Other than that, new undies, a pillow, and this body wash, I have no expenses. I save 90%. I'm gonna buy Nona something nice. I go to bed happy now. This episode is dedicated in loving memory to Adeline Lee Zavodnik, the OG Nona. You have one unheard message. Hey, Joseph, did you call your Nona? I was on the phone with, uh, because, you know, I got your, your uh, telephone number on my, uh, you know, caller ID. You were beeping my phone. But anyhow, I got, I got, if you want to call me back, I am home. I love you, sweetheart. And I hope you had a great day. Bye-bye. The High Bridge of High Bridge Park is a pedestrian bridge. 42.672 meters above the Harlem River, connecting Manhattan to the Bronx. Benches and streetlights stretch across 441.96 meters of paradise, and from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m., runners, bikers, and walkers abound. I run the bridge at sunset. The river glistens as the highway below grows quiet. As I reach the Bronx and turn around, the tower looms before me, true north, calling me home. My view of the city skyline is unobstructed. It's so beautiful I consider jumping off. I don't run to feel better, I run so I don't feel worse. The data shows that when I don't exercise, I feel shitty, shittier. So I do it, eat, sleep, poop, exercise. I don't track kilometers or time.
I don't think birds feel unhappy. They're birds, content to just be birds. Trees don't discriminate. Flowers don't decide who gets to smell them. Running gets me like this, more so than usual. And I'm usually like this. Remember how I said I was saving up to buy Nona something nice? Pretty sure I told you. Nona likes plants, so I got her a tiny ficus from a street stand. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, it's just... ficus. Cock. Fucking. Cock. Batman never had to balance potted plants. Nona's hard at work when I enter the kitchen. For the first time, I know what it is to give a present, or rather, the pre-gift-giving excitement. Watch that, she asks. I got you a ficus, Nona. Nona's smile drops. I look around the apartment to confirm. There's greenery everywhere. She loves plants. What's the problem? What's the problem? Why'd you spend your money? She's looking at me like I've sinned. I, uh... You shouldn't have spent your money. Nona turns away. For the first time, I know what it is to be ashamed. I'm sorry, Nona. Nona refuses to look at me. Why give them the money, huh? Why spend it? Why spend the money? Because for the first time, I know what it is to care for someone, what it is to feel safe. I wanted to thank you. Thank you for being my mom. Then Nona looks at me. She's smaller now, softer. Her mouth hangs open. calls after me. I bite down tears and as much as I want to, I don't turn back. Going back to tasteless nourishment bars, after growing accustomed to Nona's cooking, um, sucks, if you were wondering. But more important than the food, and keep in mind that the food is very, very important, was Nona's presence. I miss her presence, her light. That sounds hippy-dippy. I know how hippy-dippy that sounds. Let me explain. So, Nona has... She can... She grows younger before your eyes. Not literally, but... Okay, when Nona tells a story, this light creeps into her face, or maybe her face creates it. I don't know. Bottom line, years melt off her face when Nona tells stories. 
she grows younger. It's like magic. And I miss that. For your reference, friend, I've been doing this whole simmer in angry solitude thing for about a week. I don't have a phone, no way to tell Nona I'm okay or that I'm sorry, other than in person, but that means conflict, hard conversations. Just because I haven't spoken to Nona in weeks doesn't mean I haven't seen her. I make sure she's okay. Every night I watch her get home safe. I don't care if you think that's creepy, friend. She's a little old lady. She lives alone. Who's gonna do something if she's hurt or robbed or doesn't arrive home at 5.35 sharp? 5.40 p.m. and no sign of Nona. I try not to panic. I fail. I'll give it another 20 minutes and then I'll... I'll do what? I can't file a police report they'll want my info. It'd be like, what's your name, kid? Jay. Phone number, address, social. Uh, what's that tattoo you got? Uh, is that a barcode? Uh, why do you keep saying, uh? Uh, p.m. Shit. Shit. Fucking fuck shit. Nona, it's me. You home? Oh, God. The apartment's a wreck. Furniture turned over, papers strewn about the floor, heaps of clothes in the bedroom. You get the idea. How? How did they link her to me? I was careful when visiting. I cut the tracker out of my arm. That was the first thing I did. You remember, right? You were there. I zombie walk through the apartment, scanning for what must be around somewhere. Something for me. I find it on her nightstand. A literal calling card. It says, Dear 1173, Hello. Mother. <laughs> That's all it says. Hello. Baby's first subway ride. Getting around the city is super fast when you're not avoiding virtually everyone when Walzon knows you're coming home. Hear that ping? My body responds to it. I feel it in every cell. That ping is coming from the Walzon tech surrounding me, like Bluetooth. I never mentioned it before, but Walzon babies can be controlled, to an extent, via smartphone. With a screen tap, baby goes into sleep mode, like a computer. This is possible because of tiny microbes that live in walls on babies' bloodstreams. These microbes start dissolving around the time of baby's first steps and are gone by age three. 
That's how it goes for normal babies. Then there's me. I'm special. That ping is a wireless signal trying to pair with a new device. With me. Walzon Tower was built in Hudson Yards. It's the first thing you see when exiting the Lincoln Tunnel, and it's really, really big. It's no coincidence that on sunny days, Walzon covers half of Midtown in shadow. I didn't consult you before hopping the 7 train down here because the way I see it, I don't have a choice, friend. If there's even a chance she's alive, Welcome to Walls on Tower. The lobby is empty, but I feel hundreds of eyes. I flip a security camera, the bird. A red LED path lights up on the floor, and I follow it to an open elevator. I step inside. I descend. Come on. You're telling me if you're descending into the sub-basement of an omnipowerful corporate headquarters to face nearly certain death, you wouldn't take a leak on their elevator? This elevator ride is taking forever. When they said sub-basement, they meant sub. Decisions are easy to make when you have to. Built-in motivation. I didn't think twice about bringing myself to the gallows, so to speak. In all likelihood, Walzon will put me in a coma, stick me in a tank, and use my body heat for their power grid. Just like in the Matrix. To quote Tommy Pickles, A baby's gotta do what a baby's gotta do. The Walzon sub-basement is exactly what you think it is. That is, if you're thinking Hydra Layer a la Captain America. Walzon agents with stun guns and nets and animal control poles flank me on either side. Damn. What were they expecting? Barcode 1173. That agent with the Soviet accent stands on a control bridge about a football field away. Walzon's an American company, but sure. Soviet dude. What up, Soviet dude? I can tell the little nickname rattles him. Your little nickname does not rattle me, 1173. <laughs> a nearby agent fidgets. Another looks to Soviet dude. Doubt among the ranks. They want my cooperation. I want my Nona. I want my Nona, I say. They escort her in, and for the first time I know what it is to hope. Before I can smile or wave, a gun is pointed at her head. Shit. 
What did I expect? What did you expect, 1173? I don't like harming old ladies, but I will. No funny business, either of you. Let her go. She's old. Yeah, I'm old. Shoot her if she moves. There is a door to your left, 1173. Go, and she won't be harmed. You have my word. No, Jay. I give her my best shut the hell up look. She gives a look back. Yikes. Move, 1173, or she dies. Nona mumbles. Something fawn under love, love, what? What? Nona glares at Soviet dude. Obi-Wan, motherfucker! Nona moves faster than I thought she could. She goes for the agent's gun. For the first time, I know what it is to... For the first time, I know what it is to... 1173, listen to me. Seconds pass. Hours. There is no time. I can't feel my hands. Clarity. From the pain. Clarity. The walls on building whispers to me in a kind, gentle voice. That ping is a wireless signal trying to pair with a new device. With me. I let it. Fire! Fire at will! Too late, homie. A square of metal wall plate dislodges and stops the bullets because I asked it to. With my mind. I am one with Walls on Tower. Unlike the humans that run the company, Walls on itself wants to help me. It cares. A terminal explodes and engulfs the nearby agent in flame because I thought, please. I make a suit that a certain Iron Hero would be proud of. One one seven three, stop! Totra, Cornmix, Farsicle. His voice commands do nothing. Totra, Cornmix, Farsicle. I take a moment to take this in. It's like the Matrix, but better. I'm not in the Matrix. I am the Matrix. I make a chunk of ceiling fall and crush Soviet dude's head. It's cartoon-like, except for the fact that he won't be getting up. 1 last look at Nona's body. I'm not handling her death well, in case you haven't noticed. I love you, Nona. The building tells me it's time to leave. Fine.
I don't know how long I have. The Walzon cybersecurity team will block me from the server or whatever when they realize what's happened. My god mode won't last. Whatever time is left, I'll use it to find the asshole, or assholes, who ordered me and abandoned me. I will find them, and I will ask them. Why? This episode was written by Joe Godley. Voices by Taylor Keller, Kyle Anderson, Joe Godley, and Will Manning. Sound design by Will Manning at betteraudio.com. Recording assistance by Greg Gardner. Logo by Derek Rudy. If you want more Walls on Prime, please check out wallsonprime.com for updates. Thanks for listening.